are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our adoration, Lord. You are worthy. You are Lord of Lords. We worship you this morning. Thank you for your presence. We exalt you. We love you, Lord. We honor you. And this morning, as we learn of your word, Father, I pray that you give us an obedience heart. We want all to direct our heart to you so that we can understand your word. And we will uh, apply your word into our heart into our life so that we will be blessed in the name of Jesus we pray Amen Please be seated yeah. Okay, now we continue with 1 Samuel chapter 7 but before we go to 1 Samuel chapter 7 I want to uh, review a little bit chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, so we can grasp 1 Samuel, uh, chapter 1 to 7, yeah. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, it started with the leadership crisis in Israel. Judges said, everyone did what was right in his own eyes. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, God found a faithful Elkanah and his childless wife Hannah. Hannah prayers was heard by God and God performed a miracle. And Hannah gave birth to Samuel. Now chapter three, for Samuel uh, chapter two. Hannah's songs of praising God. Hannah also prophesied for what would happen in first Samuel chapter 7, we want to hear today. So, in the second part of chapter 2, it was told about the sin of Eli's son, Hophni and Phinehas. They stole the sacrificed food, animal, fat, and they slept with the woman who served the Lord. That is the sin of uh, Eli's son. First Samuel chapter 4, first a battle at Ebenezer is won by the Philistines. The ark was taken by the Philistines and the consequence of Eli's family sin. So at that time, Israel took God lightly. They were not serious with God. They went to battle without God and they lost. And then they brought the ark of covenant from Shiloh to the battleground and they still lost because they manipulate or they use God for their uh, benefit. And uh, while they had, uh, well did, uh, sorry, that is, uh, okay, Samuel chapter, uh, chapter, sorry, I repeat again, First Samuel chapter 3, the rise of Samuel. Uh, yeah, chapter 3, okay. Uh, God called Samuel, and Samuel learned to listen God's word. And Samuel, uh, God told Samuel, he would judge Eli's family. Chapter 4, uh, a battle in Ebenezer, the ark was taken to the Philistines and the consequence of Eli's family. 
And when the, uh, the Israel had defeated by the Philistine, and the Philistine brought the ark to the, uh, to the Philistine. And they brought the ark to the temple next and put it next to the Dagon. And in the next morning, the Dagon fell before the ark of God. The defeat of God will lead to the victory of God. And uh, okay, and uh, on the that is sorry, that is First Samuel chapter five. First Samuel chapter four, uh, uh, the judgment of God on Israel. Eli dead, Eli was dead. Hophni and Phinehas was dead in the battleground, and Eli was dead because he was shocked that the, the ark of God was taken by the Philistines. And at that time, Phinehas' wife was pregnant, and he gave she gave her son name Ichabod. That means the glory of God had departed, had depart, departed from Israel. His, uh, her bro uh, brother-in-law dead, her husband was dead, and her father-in-law was dead. And she was dead. That is judgment of God to Israel. First Samuel chapter 5, the ark of God was carried to Ashdod, and they brought the, uh, the ark next to Dagon, and Dagon fell. Okay, and in the cross, when we look at Jesus at the cross, Jesus died on the cross. And when, he, when Jesus died, uh, Satan took Jesus' body as his trophy of victory. And after three days, Jesus rose from the dead and Satan was defeated. So we learn from the Dagon. Okay? And now we uh, come to 1 Samuel chapter 6. The ark was written to Israel because uh, the ark in the Philistine, they brought plague to the uh, Philistines. Then the Philistine brought the ark back to Israel. And that was at Beth Shemesh. And at Beth Shemesh, God killed 70 people of Israel because they did not respect God's presence. And that's why they asked, who can stand in the presence of God, this glory God? Chapter 6, verse 20. And today I give uh, the name of my sermon, How Can We Stand in the Presence of God? So at, at the end of chapter 6, people of Beth Shemesh asked the people of Kiriath-Jerim to come and take the ark with them because it was dangerous for the Philistine and dangerous for the Israel. So as we follow the story of loss and the return from chapter 4 to chapter 6, we wondering, where is God's answer to the leadership crisis in Israel? But from chapter 4 to chapter 6, we can learn that our God is a mighty God. He can deal with our enemy he can deal with the leadership crisis without the help of any leader. This is our God, our mighty God. Now we come to 1 Samuel chapter 
7, verse 1 and 3, uh, verse 1 and 2, the ark remained at Kiryat Jerem for 20 years. Kiryat Jerem is the area of Bacon in Israel. It's not even with the people of Israel. And the ark remained for 20 years, and it did not tell us what happened during those 20 years, whether they are peaceful or they are prosperous. But at least they live at that time day by day. And they did not acknowledge God in their life. Until at the end of 20 years, the threat of Philistines become very real and very serious again. Then they cry out to God for help. This is the nature of human. And First Samuel chapter 7, verse 3 to 17, the battle was won by Israel. So what happened with Israel? We read First Samuel chapter 3, uh, chapter 7, verse 3. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Astaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Samuel called for genuine repentance. First, returning to the Lord with all your heart. Samuel did not accept that lamenting and cry out before God equal to repentance. And as they put the art out of their sight and mind, Samuel believed that Israel at that time removed God from their heart. They wanted nothing to do with God. So, after 20 years, their heart changed. They need God to help them to face the enemy. Number two, put away your foreign gods and asteroids from among you. Asteroids is the plural form of Astorage. Astorage is Baal's wife, god of uh, fertility. The plural, the plural form means uh, many images of Astorage. Astorage is many images of Astorage, the same person, uh, wife of Baal. Over the past 20 years, Israel had adopted the lifestyle of the Canaanite. It makes sense because they were under the priesthood of Eli. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Eli's sons didn't know God. And thus, God's judgment fell on Eli, on his sons, and on Israel as a whole. Before I continue, parents, to discipline your children 
is your job. Not the teacher from Christian school or Sunday school teacher, but is our job to discipline our children. Number three, direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. Repentance means take action. Number three, direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. It speaks of single-minded, wholeheartedly committed to God. Only God holds your heart, nothing else. Number four, the promise. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistine during this, this 20 years. The uh, Philistine had been continued to be the threat for Israel. Judges 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 14, the Lord gave Israel over to their enemy as judgment, for they had abandoned the Lord. So the Philistine, therefore, had been the instrument of God's judgment to Israel. When they repented, Samuel said that God would deliver them from the Philistine, the enemy. First four, Israel respond, first four. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and all the Astaroth, and they serve the Lord only. They obey Samuel, and they return to God with wholeheartedly. First five to 12, Israel was God's people again. First five to six, first five, Samuel said, gather all the Israel at Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord for you. God sent Samuel to be an intercessor because Israel, Israel's relationship with God had been broken. So they need intercessor. First Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, Samuel said that he would sin against God if he ceased to pray for Israel. Verse 6, the pouring out of water, there is no ceremonial event for Israel. They're throwing the water just so that they had fasted. And during the life of Israel, God protect Israel from the Philistines. Now at Mizpah, Samuel become the judge. So Samuel become, was a judge for Israel, a prophet for Israel, and a priest for Israel. When Eli judged Israel for 40 years, at the end of, of 40 years, the, uh, the glory of God had departed from Israel. But Samuel, as judge, he brought back the presence of God into Israel. Verse 7 to 8, when the Philistines hear the people of Israel gathered at Mizpah, the Lord of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the people of Israel heard of, of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. This one, the threat is very serious. Make them afraid. They said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. 
they sit now, the Lord, our God, they acknowledge that they are the people of God, the Lord, our God, they said. Now they beg some all to cry out to the Lord for them. Twenty years earlier, they brought the Ark of Covenant from Shiloh, hoping God would help them. But the opposite happened. They lost in the battle. Now they said, they acknowledge their sin. They come to God, our Lord, the Lord, our God. Verse 9, Samuel offered a sacrifice to the Lord and interceded for Israel, and the Lord answered. From chapter 1 to chapter 7, now the Lord answered Israel. This is the first time that God answered Israel positively. First Samuel chapter 1 verse 19, God had answered Hannah's prayer and Hannah gave birth to Samuel. Now God answered Hannah's, uh, Samuel's prayer and God delivered Philist, uh, Israel from the Philistines. Verse 10 to 11, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistine junior to attack Israel, but the Lord thundered with a mighty sound. Our Lord is a mighty Lord. He can do anything he wants to save us. Just with a thunder sound. And what happened? That day against the Philistine and threw them into confusion. Wow. Just with the loud voice of God, make the Philistine confused. And they were defeated before Israel. And the men of Israel went out from Mizpah and pursued the Philistine and struck them as far as below Bethkar. In chapter 4, Israel had been defeated before Philistine, before the Philistine, and now uh, Israel was chasing the Philistine and won the battle because of our God, the Lord. He, they did nothing, just God. God had worked in both cases. In chapter 4, he was acting in judgment against his people. But in chapter 7, he was acting uh, in deliverance for his people because they are repented or they had repented. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 10, Hannah's song. Hannah prophesied in her song, the adversary of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. Against them, he will thunder in heaven. This is the prophecy and that happened to Israel. Verse 12, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shein and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. So in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1, the battle was at Ebenezer. Ebenezer was a place name. But this time, when Samuel put a memorial stone between uh, between Mizpah and Shein, he called it Ebenezer. Why? Because 
he want to um, uh, he want to make it clear between God's deliverance and the horror on the past 20 years. And Samuel gave this memorial stone uh, uh, like Ebenezer, the earliest battle place, because he want to draw attention at it. This is the memory of God's help to Israel. That's why he called it Ebenezer. At that time, 20 years ago, you lost at, uh, the battle at Ebenezer. Now, this is the memory, Ebenezer, because the Lord has helped you. Because why? Because they are repentant at that time. Ebenezer, the departure of God's, uh, uh, of God's glory, that's called Ikapot, the memorial stone. Until now, God has helped us. That is Ebenezer. And as Christian, our Ebenezer now is the cross. When we look at the cross, we can say, until now, the Lord has helped us. This is our Ebenezer. First 13 to 17, victory and peace. They had repented. They took action. And got deliverance so that they can experience victory and peace. And first 13, it says, the, hand the, the hands of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Israel could experience victory and peace not because of their own strength, because of God who we worship, the mighty God. Since the enemy had been defeated, Samuel's job was to lead Israel to live in righteousness before God. This is very important moment in the history of Israel. So when we look at Disney movie, often when the this earth has problem, they show up Batman, Superman, superhero. So that's why in our culture, when we have problem, we expect instant answer from God. God knew the Israel did, did, didn't need a military hero or genius or a brilliant politician to manage the country. No. This chapter shows that Israel need a leader who would bring back God's presence in uh, in the midst of them. God's presence, that is important, like Samuel. And this is God's answer to the leadership crisis in Israel. God's answer is Samuel. As a leader, as a judge, as a priest, as a prophet for Israel. Now, with the, from this lesson, we learn very important things for our Christian life with God. Repentance. Repentance is our uh, is important. If we want to experience God's presence in our life, we must prepare to repent. Samuel said, "Repentance, genuine repentance, is turn back to God. Put away your idols. 
what is your idol? Certainly not Baal or Astorage or anything, but our idols is that your worry, your anxiety become your idol, your pride, your wealth, your career, your study, your achievement, is that anything in your life become your idol. You have to put away your idols. Number three, serve the Lord only. We serve him only, no other idols. Idols mean that anything that separates you from the presence of God. That is idol. The people of Israel confessed their sin and they took action. Because Samuel uh, didn't want to accept when they cried, when they lamented. Oh, that's mean they are repented. No, they have to take action. Repentance means take action. And often when we sin or we do something wrong, we are sad or we felt sorrow. We felt sorrow not because we repent, because of the consequence of our sin. Some people would say, I'll be all right. That was not serious. I will, it won't be happen again. I promise. It won't be happen again until it happen again. Because they want to hold on to their sin and they didn't want, didn't want to change. Many years ago, I counseled a couple. One day they come to us and uh, the wife said, I suspect my husband had cheated on me. And I asked the husband, and he did say, no, he didn't want to admit or to repent. Few years later, the wife found out that the husband had cheated on him and on her again. And this time, she filed for divorce. And when I met the husband, he was so sad and felt sorrow because he was abandoned from the community, from his circle of friends, he lost his family. And that's not mean that he had repented until he took action. Judas had betrayed Jesus and sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And he regretted and committed suicide. He felt sorrow, regret, and sad, but did nothing to repent or to change. But Peter had denied Jesus for three times. And he regretted, he repented. Peter repented, and he served God until his death. That is repentance. Many people are like Judas. We felt sorrow, we felt sad, we felt regret because of the consequence of the sin, not because we repent. Zacchaeus, you, when you read at uh, Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a small man. When he heard about Jesus, and he climbed to a tree and he want 
wanted to see Jesus. When Jesus passed by and he looked uh, at uh, Zacchaeus, and he, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Come down, Zacchaeus. I want to stay at your home today. Because Jesus knew that salvation will come to Zacchaeus' household that day. And Zacchaeus said to Jesus, I will sell my wealth and give it half of my wealth to the poor. And he said also, if I, I have cheated people with their taxes, I will pay back four times. Repentance means action. For Samuel chapter 2 verse 3, in her song Hannah said, at the end of verse 3, chapter 2, by him actions are with. Our action, everything we do, will be with by God. And what is the measure? The measure is the glory of God. So, Repentance leads to action. People who take God's glory seriously will repent. And people who take God's glory seriously are able to stand in his presence because God takes his own glory seriously. He brought sacrifice to have the glory. Now, our question lastly how can we stand in the presence of God after we have repented? Of course, we will face temptation. How can we avoid temptation? Number one, stay away or run away from temptation. Like Joseph, run away from Potiphar's wife. Run away from temptation today. The biggest temptation is this. You can watch X-rated ads or movie, online gambling, online shopping, or even you browse this with multimedia. You can compare your life with other people's life, and you feel not happy, or you feel, feel proud of yourself or you worry about your finance, your works, and your family. This is the big temptation. If you need to work with this one, with your gadget, computer, or laptop, or anything, you have to work in common room with other people. When you work from home, work from living room, not in your room alone. Otherwise, you will be tempted. Now we talk about sexual temptation. How can we avoid sexual temptation? First, don't, if you are married, don't live a separate life with your wife or your husband. That is very important. Number two, don't work with the opposite sex together and alone. Number three, don't travel with the opposite sex together, alone. Number four, do not to try to counsel the opposite sex. Most pastors fall on these three aspects. 
Number two, find a community of friends who can support you or intercede you. Of course, in the circle of believer. That is important. Who can pray for you and support you and to whom you can be accountable to. That is important if you want to have healthy spiritual life. Number three, read and store God's words in your heart. Psalm 119 verse 11, David say, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That is important. Love the word of God and store it in your heart. First, stay away to avoid temptation. Stay away from temptation or run away from temptation. Number two, find a community who can support you and intercede for you. Number three, read and store God's word in your heart. How can we stand in the presence of God? We must repent and live in the righteousness of God. God bless you.